I have a question for you, but I don't want you to answer it out loud right now, okay? Who are you? Don't answer it. Who are you? If I were to walk up to you and ask you this question, who are you, how might you answer? And I think we'd get a lot of different answers. Sometimes we would say, who are you? Well, I'm Scott. Right? We'd answer with our, our name. Sometimes we identify ourselves as our vocations. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a pastor. I'm a son. I'm a whatever. Sometimes, who are you? I'm so-and-so's kid. Right? We identify ourselves by our parents. And sometimes we identify ourselves by what we do or what we did. This question is, is really important, though. It's important for you so, so you can understand your true identity. So who are you? You are a child of God. You are a child of God, loved, saved, and redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's who you are. You're not defined by your position at work. You're not defined by who your parents are. You're not defined by your status at school. The answer is the same for each and every one of you, just as it is for me. Who are you? You are a child of God. Loved, saved, and redeemed by Christ alone. Do you believe this? Somebody answered. Thanks. Now you can answer. I, I, maybe I should. Please answer this one. <laughs> Do you believe this? Yeah. Well, good. You should. And I, I pray that you do. I pray that the Holy Spirit work mightily on your heart and you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You see, teaching this, sharing this in front of you every week is one of my responsibilities as the pastor here at Lutheran Memorial Church in River Falls, Wisconsin. Every week, every day, I need to be teaching and sharing this truth with you and all who come through these doors. That message is vital. That message is the only one that saves. Amen? Hey. So, now, last week as we gathered here, we, we spent some time in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. And, and we learned that it is the responsibility of the leaders of the church, that would be those called by LMC River Falls, that would be myself as pastor and Chad as DCE. It's our responsibility to not only teach you the truth of Jesus, but to equip you, the saints, for the work of ministry. For the building up of the body of Christ. That's it. That's what we're here to do. Do you believe this? Do you believe that it is the responsibility of the pastor, the DCE, and any called worker to prepare you for ministry? No, we're not so sure. Interesting. 
But that's what Scripture says. You should be. You should be this understanding that this is what we're here for. It says it in the Scriptures. So those who are called, no matter who it is, are responsible to train, equip, direct, and lead you for the work of ministry. Churches have failed for years. We can't make you do it. Just like we can't make anybody believe. But we are to be here to equip the saints for the building of the body of Christ, the building up of the church. And if we're not, then we're not doing what we're called to do. And it's your responsibility to hold us responsible to that. So now you know you are a saved child redeemed by God. Why are you here then? Why are you here? As a follower of Jesus, why are you here? Is it it to just sit and receive? No, it's not. I I mean, that's part of it. And and we do that well, right? We can give you an hour a week on a Sunday morning or two if you join us for Bible study. And, And I'll invite you to sit and then stand and then sit again and then stand again and sit and stand. And receive, and that's great. But you're here for more. You're here for, for, for God's purpose. And he's specifically chosen you. He's chosen you for the work of the ministry, for the building up of his kingdom. So you see, it's not only our responsibility as, as called leaders of the church to share the truth of Jesus with you, it is our responsibility to equip you. We want to equip you for the work of ministry outside of this place. And we do this so you could truly offer Jesus your best work. Listen again to what Sue read for us just a, a little bit ago there in Colossians 3. It says this, Colossians 3 Verses 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. God's intent for you and me is to use our gifts for him. So whatever you do, work heartily. For the Lord. Work heartily for the Lord and not for men, not for yourself. Meaning, use your gifts for God's purpose, not man's. God wants us, each of us, to use our gifts in loving service to Him and to others, to our neighbors. But before you get to that part, you have to remember that you are a gift. Every one of you, you are a gift from God. God loves you, and he has created you for his purpose. He's chosen you. He's chosen you through his his son, and you are his. And he's gifted you. 
That's right. Each of you has a gift. You have a gift, and you have a gift, and you have a gift, and you have a gift. God gives them out, right? Not Oprah. And some of you have told me, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have any gifts. You do. And, and he's given you those gifts for a reason and, and, and for a purpose. It's, it's his purpose. You are created by God for a purpose, to use your gifts to serve him and his kingdom. And he wants you to use your gifts. Now, so often in the church what we do right now is we turn our thoughts right away to 1 Corinthians 12, the spiritual gifts. If you're interested, you can join me there in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. That's where we're going to start. I'm going to read this, and if you have these gifts, I want you to raise your hand. If you, hear, if you think you have any of these gifts, I want you to raise your hand, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. It says this, for to one is given through the spirit of the utter excuse me for to one is given the spirit the utterance of wisdom so wisdom raise your hand if you think you have wisdom to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the one spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kind of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Anybody got their hand up? Got a couple? So if these are the only gifts that are given for the church, then what? We're, we're in trouble, right? But you're gifted. And maybe you don't have these gifts. Does that, does that mean you're not able to serve Christ in his church? His church? Uh, of course not, right? You can still serve God. You can still serve Christ in his church. So now we need to go back to verse 4 through 7. All right? This is important. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning with verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities... But it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So let's break this down a little bit. We know that spiritual gifts are mentioned there in verses 8 through 11. But, but we as the church also need to understand that it's, it's more than just these few spiritual gifts mentioned here. People have been gifted in more ways than this to serve Christ and his church. There are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. So what do you notice here? You notice a variety of KSAs. Knowledge, skills, and abilities. All given by whom? Which God? Triune God, right? Look at that. You see all three there. Reverse order. Spirit, Lord, and then God. 
So if, if there are a variety of gifts and services and activities given to God's people, then what? You need to be made aware of them. God's need, people need to be made aware of the gifts and services and activities they've been given. So guess what the church is here for? It goes back to Ephesians 4 yet again, which we all weren't really certain we wanted to be part of. The church is here to equip the saints for ministry. We are here to make you aware of those gifts. Now, for the next few moments, we're going to make this an interactive message again. So I'm going to ask you questions, and I'm going to want a response. Okay, first one. I just want you to shout out your answer. What are you good at? All right, we got four people. Awesome. Follow-up question for you five people. How do you know that you're good at that? Trial and error, what? People have told you. You became aware that you were good at these things by trial and error or the fact that someone told you that you had those gifts. When someone makes you aware of a gift you have, you're all gifted, even if you don't shout it out loud, because, you know, you're Lutherans. Um, when you're made aware of a gift that you have, what happens? Are you usually like, meh? Are you sometimes excited? Is anybody ever excited about a gift they have? Okay, well, good. And then you what? You go and try to use the gift, Right? If you're good at baking, you want to bake something. If you're good at a sport, you want to go play that sport. If you're good at talking, you want to go talk. Tell stories. You see, so many of us, once we're made aware of this gift, we want to use it, we want to share it, and that's great. Where did that gift come from? God. Same place all gifts come from, right? God gave you those gifts. He made you aware of those gifts for a purpose. For whose purpose? His purpose. This is where things get a bit more difficult, right? Using our gifts for God's purpose, not ours. How then does this happen? How, how do we get to the point where we're not only made aware of our gifts, but now we have the opportunity to use them for God? Can you do that by yourself? Nope, it needs to be the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inside you. So again, what, what often happens is, is this. Is we, we identify these gifts, or, or people around us identify these gifts in us, and then we, we think we're supposed to use them, right? In church. Literally, in the church building on Sunday mornings. Well, you can talk so you can read. You can sing so we want you to sing. You can walk so we want you to usher. You can click so we want you to click. Yay! And those are important, and I'm super, super, super thankful. But those gifts that others have identified in you, guess what? 
they might not be useful on a Sunday morning. So just pack them up and throw them away, right? Or, or, or pack them up and, and put them aside. No. The church needs to help equip you to make sure that you can use those gifts. That's why we're here. To use those gifts outside the walls of a building called a church. Here's the thing, friends. Your gifts are vital. Your gifts are so vital, so important to the work of Christ and his church. In the research I've been doing in preparation for this, I I came across this idea of vocational power. Vocational power includes not only spiritual and, and practical gifts, but also knowledge and expertise, platforms and and reputations, skills and networks, influence and position. And all you all possess some of these attributes. God has given them to you. You are the greatest asset that this congregation has. It's not me. It's not the pastor any pastor. It's not the DCE or any DCE. It's you. You and, and, and your gifts are the greatest asset that this church has. That's why you need to be made aware of the gifts that you have. Do you believe this? We're getting there. I pray that you do. Pastors come and pastors go. Pastors die. The church, you, are always here. You're being made aware of your gifts and understanding how important your gift is for the kingdom. It's essential. It's essential to the name of Jesus being shared, spread, and carried throughout the C4, the campus, the community, the country, and the continents. This is your church. This is your church. And once we've helped you become aware of your gifts and and identify your talents, we can now equip you for ministry. Why? For the building up of the body of Christ. It's biblical. Also, by by knowing your gifts and using your gifts, we'll, we'll talk about that more next week, the church can move forward. Whether it's in the neighborhoods uh, or, or a gift that you have that will, will bless people inside the church. Or even more importantly, a, a gift that will help move projects forward outside the church, within the community. Each of you becoming aware of your gifts increases the work of ministry. And so, this past week... If you're on our email list, if you're not, I will get this to you as soon as I can. Just give me your email address. 
you had the opportunity to take a little, little question and answer inventory that was put together by the Barna Group and Lutheran Hour Ministries. And, and it isn't a traditional time and talent sheet where you're, hey, you're a new member. Let me give you this time and talent sheet. What are you good at? Are you good at reading and ushering and all those things? No, it wasn't like that. And, and we didn't even collect specific information on this for records at the church. What this inventory did was to give you a new way of thinking. And it gives us here at the church a new framework for equipping you as followers of Jesus, to share your abilities and skills in everyday life. So this Every Gift inventory includes 12 areas. Technical, interpersonal, entrepreneurial, financial, critical thinking, artistic, intercultural, communication, leadership, Management, civic, and teamwork. Now, that's a completely different outlook than what we saw in 1 Corinthians 12 in the spiritual gifts aspect. You more than likely can identify yourself at least with one gift in one of these areas. And we'll break these down more in Bible study over the next few weeks but, but just from hearing these gifting areas, you now can see where your gift lies. And so now you can start to see how important your gift is. If you haven't taken it and we've sent it to you, I really do encourage you to do it. If you need help, stop in the office. We'll get you set up. If you want to take it, let us know and we'll get it sent to you. Because what we want to do is to make you aware of the gift that you have. Because both Jesus and I believe that you were created by him for his purpose. You are a gift. You were gifted for a purpose, for something specific. So what is it? What is it right now that God has gifted you for? Think about it. Pray about it. Don't know? Don't think you have any gifts? Talk to someone. Come and chat with me. Visit with someone who who knows you well and ask them. Do whatever it takes. Because there is no better time than right now. No matter your age, young or old or somewhere in between. To become aware of your gifts. Who are you? You are... A child of God, saved and redeemed by the blood of Jesus for his purpose. To be trained, to be equipped, and sent out with your gifts. You know why? Because the Father has specifically chosen you for the work of the ministry. For the building up of his kingdom whether you like it or not. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.